pray. Father, I just ask that, uh, Lord, you teach us. Holy Spirit, you teach us. You guide us into all truth. You know what uh, your people need. You know what they need to hear. And I pray that you would feed them, Lord, from your table. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever feel inadequate um, to do something like you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not, um, you don't know enough about, you just, you just don't feel up to it. Uh, I can remember, uh, well, just, I don't know, maybe a year ago, uh, where I was at work, um, our previous location, which was right, 319 South Irby Street, there are a lot of homeless people in that area in Florence. Now, I remember seeing this particular guy, and, um, and you know, I, I felt for him. I, my heart felt for him. And, you know, and I, you know how you have these just thoughts in your head? And I'm, I was thinking, you know, what, what can I do for this guy? What can, what can I, how can I help him? You know, I'm thinking, okay, I can give him a few bucks, or maybe I can buy him a cheeseburger or something. Or, but what can I really do for to help this guy and the Lord spoke to me and he said you can give him me and I was like whoa I'm thinking I am totally inadequate I can't help this guy I can't do anything for this guy but it's not me it's not you it's not your talents your smarts your it's Christ in you the hope of glory. See, Christ in you, folks, that's the beauty of the new covenant, is Christ is in us. He is our life. He is our wisdom, our strength, our righteousness. He is our everything. He is everything that you're not. He fills up that which is lacking in you. He, he completes you. I mean, it's a marriage. The two become one, and the two become one. They become a greater one than the individual two. We're married to Christ. He's in us. And I'm greater because he is in me. But the problem is we live our lives thinking it's all up to me and it's all about me, not understanding and realizing that it's Christ in me. And you see it over and over in the, in the Bible. God told Israel, take the land. I will be with you. Every place you put your foot is yours. It belongs to you. Now go. And what did they say? After they sent the spies out, the spies said, It's a beautiful land, but there are giants in the land. We are grasshoppers. They did not see what God saw. God called um, Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, I am setting you aside and calling you as a prophet. He says, I am but a child. And he says, do not call yourself a child. I have ordained you. You are a prophet to the people. I will put my words in your mouth. Folks, we've got to understand that if we live according to my abilities, I'm not living by faith. And I've completely shut God out of the equation. And then all I'm... A capable of is all that i can do and we're going to live a life that is that is not empowered by god it's just 
empowered by us. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <clears throat> so living by faith is realizing that it's, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. And he is, he is my strength. He is my everything. So if you're a, you have some kind of task that you're not up for and you feel inadequate, you've got to remind yourself, Christ is in me. Christ is in me. How many of you have ever felt the need or the urge to pray for somebody? And you thought, well, well I'm not a good prayer. Or, I, you know, I'm going to stumble over my words. Or, or I might embarrass myself. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not theologically, you know, I might say something wrong. You know, Dan Moeller, I was listening to him the other day. He made an amazing statement. It made me think. He said, you know how, let's say, again, if, if God prompts us to pray for somebody, say somebody's sick, um, and we go to pray for them, but we're thinking, well, what if they don't get healed? What if they're still sick? And, and we can talk ourselves out of doing it. And so what happens is nothing. So he said, Rather than being afraid to pray for that something because some, nothing may happen, he said, I'm afraid not to. I'm afraid not to pray. I'm afraid to unbelieve. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid to not be in belief. Man, wish we, wish we had that attitude. Rather than saying, well, I'm not adequate, I'm not good enough, I don't have the, the anointing, rather than just say, let's pray. You know, I prayed for my daughter several times. And I'm thinking, you know, well, you prayed last time, nothing happened. And you prayed yesterday and nothing happened. And, uh, you know, you think anything, all these thoughts, and I'm, uh, you just shut up. And, and I just prayed for her. Because it's not me. Is Christ in me? So let's be afraid not to believe rather than to be afraid that nothing may happen. Um, so anyhow. Um, so if you feel inadequate, remember, somebody's in, in me. It's Christ in me. And if somebody needs whatever they need, Jesus said, I am. So he's all things. He's everything. Okay? Okay. Well, um, I don't know if that was my sermon before my sermon, but I'm going to go in a total different direction. Um, I think somebody needs to hear this today. First <clears throat> um, Thess Thessalonians, and you don't need to go there, Jeff, 5.18 says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Do you think that verse was written to people who have everything right going in their life? Because it's pretty easy to give thanks when you just got a raise or you just got your tax refund. Or uh, you just, um, you know, 
you, you took your car to the uh, repairman and it didn't cost near as much as you thought it would. I mean, everything's going your way. It's pretty easy to say thank you. But I don't think that was written to people that have everything going their way. I think it's written to people who have nothing going their way. But in spite of it, in everything, in your situation, give thanks. Because it is the will of God. You know, Jesus took a child and he put him in the midst of the disciples who were fussing and fighting over who was going to be the greatest. And he said, unless you become like this little child, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, if a child lives in a good, stable environment, do they wake up worried and concerned and, you know, they're only worried is my chain on my bicycle. Well, I'm ready to go. And I, as you know, is it raining outside? I mean, if it is, I'm, I'm going to go out there and splash in a mud puddle, uh, wallow in it. Uh, they don't, I remember as a kid, I didn't have any worries. I mean, I enjoyed life. And uh, I think that's how God wants us to live. Not all stressed out, not all worried. So, and, and I believe the key to that, folks, is first of all, being thankful. I do want you to go to Psalm 100. Uh, we're going to do that before we go somewhere else. Um, I think these are weapons, tools, whatever you want to call them, that God gives us to get through life. But not just get through it, to live, to triumph, to enjoy life. Life should not be a drudgery. It should not be, man, it's Monday. I got to go to work. I hate my life. That's terrible. So if you feel that way, listen, when I first open my eyes in the morning, sometimes I don't feel good. I ain't singing James Brown. I feel good. I ain't singing that. I don't feel good at all. But I've got to make a choice. Am I going to be depressed am I, or am I going to say, thank you, Lord? All right? So the next one I want to highlight is uh, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And remember, Paul was in prison when he wrote it. I don't think he didn't have color TV, air conditioning, heat, probably had rats and disgustedness i can't imagine what a prison was like in those days but he said rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice because the joy of the lord is my strength so that rejoice and giving thanks are verbs they are commands they are god saying in your situation give thanks and praise because God's not an egomaniac. He doesn't need our praise. You give thanks and you praise him for your sake. It's what we need to do when we're in a bad situation. So uh, let's go to Psalm 100, bro. <clears throat> Psalm 100. Y'all still with me? Okay, y'all not asleep. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Sometimes, when you are really under attack and you feel like my life is awful, I hate my life. And you realize 
you're under attack. And the, the thief has come to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal your life, and to make your life miserable. You just need to get alone somewhere where nobody will put you in a white coat and haul you off. And you just need to shout to the Lord and say, thank you, God, and just lift up your praise to him. And, and we're going to see why that's important in another passage. But I'm just saying, sometimes you got to fight. You got to fight. But the, 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 the beauty of this is, is someone has already fought it for you and won it for you. But this shouting a declaration is just agreeing with what's been done that this victory is mine and someone won it for me. And I have a right to be happy and to be joyful and to have peace and all the things that Jesus died for to give me because that is our inheritance and we have a right to it. So the joy of the Lord is greater than your situation. It's greater than your pain. It's greater than your heartache. It's greater than what you're going through. Because if it's not, then that means life and the stuff that life throws at you is greater than what Jesus did on that cross. And I don't think it is. So if it is, there's something we're not seeing. There's something we're not understanding. There's something we've yet to get a hold of. So what do you do? <laughs> what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you feel helpless and hopeless and the whole world's against me and I guess I'll just go eat worms? What do you do? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, my knee's hurting. I'm going to thank you anyway. Thank you, Lord. They're lying on me. Thank you. Thank you. But you don't have a reason. I don't need a reason to say thank you, Lord. But they, 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 they're accusing me of something I didn't do. Thank you, Lord. They're mean to me. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter what life throws at you or the enemy throws at you. Your response has got to be thank you. I don't have any money. I can't pay the bills. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and that's probably when you just need to go out in the yard and say, thank you, Lord. That's what I call a thank you fit. You just have a thank you fit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First one I ever heard, I heard it. I was in the hospital. And I was, went to pray for somebody, and I heard this woman in the bathroom going, Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Thank you! Thank you, Lord! I mean, it, I was hearing her through the wall. I wanted to go in there, but I couldn't. It was a women's bathroom. I, I wanted to get in on it. Like, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But, man, I don't know what had happened, but it, I mean, boy, that was like victory coming out of there. Like, man, that's good. She just kept going on. Thank you, Lord. Th I said, that's a thank you fit. And it's a good thing. Sometimes you just need to have those. You just need to thank you. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. 
Know that the Lord, he is God, it is he who has made us, and not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Hold it right here. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Before you get in somebody's house, you come through the, come through the gate. So the first step is to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm alive. Thank you, Lord. My world's falling apart, but you got me, and you, you've got it, and I've got you, and you've got me. If I got Jesus, I got everything, all right? And into his courts with praise. So as you get closer, you move from thanksgiving to praise. That's rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Let's, let's keep it rolling. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations is that the last one? Yeah, that's it. That's a good little psalm, y'all. Might want to. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, I want to, I want to illustrate this. Okay. Now it's it's. Let's go to um, Second Chronicles now. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. This is a uh, story in the Old Testament. Um, I'm going to read it, just so we can follow the story. But there, there is some good stuff in this passage. But I want to get to a place where we see the significance of thanksgiving and praise and what it does. Okay? All right. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Okay? So this massive army is coming against Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. All right? <clears throat> then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. Keep it rolling, bro. And Jehoshaphat feared. Sometimes we get afraid. I mean, if, if uh, sometimes you are surrounded by your enemies. Now, we're not supposed to be afraid, but let's just face it. Sometimes we get afraid. But he was afraid, but he knew what to do. Notice he set himself. He made up his mind. He determined in his heart, even though I am afraid, I know where the solution is. Jesus, you are the solution. And if you are afraid, you get in the presence of God, and his love drives out fear. Okay? So he set himself to seek the Lord, proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. He made it known to everybody. Okay? We, we, are going to seek the Lord. <clears throat> Next verse. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. I mean, the enemy doesn't have a chance when you do that. He doesn't. Next verse. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? See, folks, you got to realize in whatever your problem is, God is still God. Jesus is still Lord. 
And am I supposed to fix this? Am I supposed to handle this? Or is Christ in me the hope of glory? The hope. If you don't have any hope in this morning, I'm telling you, there's hope in Christ. And the hope of glory is, is, the, is experiencing him and his power and him working in your life. Okay? Uh, next verse. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel? And gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and say. What he's doing is rehearsing the word of the Lord to the Lord. God knows his word. But he's rehearsing the word to the Lord for his own sake. And sometimes we just need to do that. Go back to the word of God and declare the word of the Lord to the Lord. Like I said, he's not forgetful. But it's for your sake. It's reminding us of the truth that God has given us. And we're standing in faith. Next verse. Now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit it. To inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. <laughs> you ever been there? I don't know what to do. Well, I already told you what to do. Thank you. It starts there. It starts there. Is that always easy? Maybe the hardest thing you sometimes you have to do is get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes on Jesus, say thank you. See, that is an act of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. But when he hears you say thank you in a difficult situation, my child, yes, you believe. You are exercising faith. And God responds to faith. I, don't, I can't think of really of anything that God ever asked anybody to do that was easy or that didn't test their faith. He told Noah, build an ark. That was a job. I'm going to flood the earth. And everybody, all his neighbors helped him, right? <laughs> You know, if there was a newspaper, Noah was probably in the headlines every day. Look what the idiot is doing today. <laughs> he, told, uh, he told Joshua, you mark, march around those walls of Jericho seven times on the seventh day and then shout, and the walls are going to fall down. Hey, guys, I got a great military plan. This is it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and deliver my people, the most powerful nation in the world. I want you to go get them and bring them out, and I'm giving you a stick. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, you think that was easy? We could go on, couldn't we? Yeah. All right. Oh, our God, will you not judge him? I've already read that. Next one. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children stood before the Lord. Come on. The whole crowd. Then the Spirit of the Lord. Come on. Jesus is responding, is he not? God is responding to faith. All right. Jehaziel, the son of Je Jechariah, the son of, okay, those guys. All right. <laughs> A Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. Next one. And he said, listen, all you, uh, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, talking to the king, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Notice the first thing God deals with in your life. Fear. When when um who was the guy over the oh my goodness over the synagogue and went to get his daughter healed. Jared Jarius. Was it Jarius? Anyway, it just totally left me. His daughter was dying. And he went to get Jesus to come, and, and Jesus got interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood, okay? And, uh, and while they were going, you know, the servants came and said, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. Jesus said, do not be afraid. Only believe. I'm going to come back to that. It'll hit me in the middle of, all right. Um, do not be afraid, nor dismayed. I don't even want you to be worried. Because of this great multitude, this is it, y'all. For the battle is not yours. Ooh, come on. Come on. Come on. Where was the battle fought? Here. And he said, it is finished our problem is see in this situation if their eyes were on their army their eyes were on their chariots their eyes were on their horses but they said our eyes are on you god so you got to get your eyes off yourself off your situation off your abilities and realize that jesus is still lord and I'm going to thank him, and I'm going to praise him, regardless of what happens. Okay? So do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle. Come on. The, God's already fought it and won it. That means we've won it. So we have to live like victorious people. Don't live like you're trying to get, get the victory. Live like you've already got the victory. I'm going to say that again. Do not live like you're trying to get the victory. Live like the victory is yours because it is. Because somebody won it for you, and his name is Jesus, and I'm in him, and he's in me. So as he is, so are we. So, you know, my prayer is, God, open my eyes. Help me to see. I want to see me the way you see me. I want to see a situation the way you see a situation. God, give me your eyes to see. Next verse, bro. Tomorrow, go down against them. 
They will surely come up by the ascent of this. Lord even knows the battle plan. I mean, <laughs> he knows what to do, okay? And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Keep on going, brother. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. And the, word, the Hebrew word for salvation is Jeshua, which is Jesus. Stand still and see Jesus of the Lord. That's Yahweh. Lord's <laughs> God's life. I'm here. You don't need to be afraid. You don't even need to fight. You won't even need to take a weapon. Position yourselves. Position yourselves. Take a stand. Take a stand. Don't back up. Don't lose your faith. Don't let worry and fear and doubt come against you. Position yourselves. Stand still. Hold your ground. Wait on the Lord, and you will see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against him, for the Lord is with you. He's talking to old covenant people, folks. Old covenant people. We're new covenant people. God is in us. Christ in me. Christ in me. No wonder you experience things in your life where you feel inadequate. Is that a time to fail or is it a time to believe? Is it a time to trust? Is it time to see the salvation of my God, to see what God's going to do? You know, here's this homeless man. I have nothing to offer him. Jesus said, give him me. Give him me. I'm in you. I'm in you. Give me to him. Christ is in us. He can take five loaves and two fish and feed a multitude. He's in us. Next verse, bro. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then all then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites. Uh, yeah, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Next verse. So they rose early in the morning. <laughs> they were ready. Went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and O you, o you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. You shall be established. Believe his prophets. You shall prosper. Here he is encouraging the people. Next verse. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. All right, stop right there. Did God tell Jehoshaphat, because notice it says, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out, before the army. So this is, this is what's going on. They get up early in the morning. They get the army. And they march out to, to the place, to the position where God told them. But in front of the army, he puts the praise team. 
Going to beat him with your guitar, brother. No, you, you weren't going to beat him like this. You were going to beat him like this. He put the praise team out front. God didn't tell him to do that. But God already said, I got this. I got this. Go ahead and get that baby. Get Lila B. <laughs> God's saying, I got this. I got this. I got it. I've already fought it. I've already won it. So their response was, I'm just going to praise you, Lord. I'm going to give thanks to you, Lord. So God's already won it, y'all. What is our response? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to praise you, Lord. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. And if just as he gave them instructions, you need specific instructions, trust God to give them to you. So that's what they did to put the praise team out front. All right, uh, next verse. And let's see what happened. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Notice what happens. Next verse. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped they killed each other. The army, there were three different peoples. They came together to destroy Israel. So in the, when, they began to, when they began to praise the Lord, the enemy began to destroy themselves. There was total confusion. God puts confusion in the enemy's camp when you praise him because the enemy is not expecting that. He's expecting you to be afraid and to fret and to worry and to fear because you're all concerned about yourself. But when you throw me off, deny myself, lift up my eyes to Jesus, and thank him and praise him, God fights my battle. Truth is, he's already fought it. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. They're preordained. That doesn't mean you're a puppet. It means God has laid it out. And I believe it's from victory to victory, as the old hymn says, from glory to glory to glory from faith to faith here's an opportunity to believe here's another opportunity to believe from faith to faith from trusting him to trusting him to trusting him and folks if we can't learn to give thanks and we can't learn to give praise we're stuck so no wonder stuff keeps happening in your life and we give the devil this and the devil that we're giving him all the praise how about just say thank you lord you're still God. You're still Lord. I don't understand what's happening. I don't need to understand what's happening. All I need to do is have the ability to say, thank you, and I got it. And this is not my battle. It's yours. It's for you. It's for your glory. And so, God, <laughs> you handle it. You handle it. I'm just going to say thank you because you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> you anoint my head with oil. My cup's running over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. All right, next verse. I think that might be it. So when Judah came to a place, no, it's not it. When Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, so when they got there and were able to see, they looked toward the multitude and they were, they were all dead. Fallen on the earth, no one had escaped. And they didn't even have to pull the swords out of the sheep. Next one. Next verse, bro. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. <laughs> three days. Bring the horses. Bring the camels. Bring the wagons. Three days. I can carry a lot. Three days? I carry a lot of gold. I mean, grunting. <laughs> he went a leg. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to tote a lot. Three days. They didn't even have to pull their swords out. So what are the ingredients, folks? Thank you, Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And just trust him. Because we're going to have some battles. You're going to have some battles. All of us. All of us are going to have some battles. It's not if they come. They will come. The question is, how are you going to respond? Are you going to trust the Lord? Or are you just going to look at yourself? Well, you better get your eyes on Jesus. Because I promise you that the enemy is going to be bigger and stronger than you. David went up against, against Goliath. Now, if there was a betting pool and you were on the sideline watching, and here's Goliath, dude's over nine feet tall, a man of war, and then here comes David. He doesn't have any armor. All he's got is a slingshot. <laughs> and he's going to fight Goliath. He's a kid, probably 15, 16, 17 years old, and he's going to fight this giant man of war. Where would your money be? <laughs> what would the odds be? Be like me racing secretariat. Or Usain Bolt with a bad leg. <laughs> but who won the battle? With God, all things are possible. We just got to trust him, y'all. And in the midst, in the midst of you receiving what you're believing for while you're waiting, maintain your thankfulness in everything you don't know how long you're going to be in it there's no guarantee how long you're going to be in it but while you are in it 
learn to be thankful. Which means, folks, if we can be thankful in everything, we can live life totally victorious. We won't have a bad day. Because when something bad happens, our response is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to praise you, Lord. I'm going to praise you. Hallelujah. Let's stand.